Hello everybody, my name and this is on Gadget Talk for Wednesday, 26th of July, 2022. Obviously, our first episode of July, but uh, it ain't just the month of July that's just arrived. We got new devices that have come around. So obviously, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about the RG Phone 6 and 6 Pro. Alongside that, we're also going to talk about, obviously, first, the Xiaomi 12S, uh, which has just been launched in China. And uh, it's an incredible phone for what it is. And we're going to talk about these phones on top of other news, including one more detail about the Nothing phone that we're obviously going to touch on later in the episode. But yeah, without further ado, let's get rolling, shall we? I mean, it's it's kind of hard to roll the flow, but let's just get rolling. First up, Xiaomi, and they just obviously showed off uh, two days ago the 12S series of phones. Basically a souped up version, let's just say, of the Xiaomi 12 that came out at the beginning of the year. And it obviously packs solid cameras and obviously a much faster processor. Now, all uh, 12S phones uh, in the lineup as is use a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 instead of an 8 Gen 1, which is a pretty big deal in a way, along with, uh, along with pretty nice and tweaked cameras thanks to a partnership with Leica, the iconic uh, camera brand uh, in a way. So that's pretty interesting uh, to an extent. And there are now the three phones in the lineup. There's the 12S and the Pro and then the Ultra. The Ultra is pretty interesting because you could say it's a spiritual successor to the Mi 11 Ultra, uh, bring, given that it has some of the best cameras that Xiaomi offers on a phone uh, to, this, uh, to this day and age. If we're talking about the 12S Ultra, uh, it's got, the Ultra has a pretty impressive camera to start with. First up, uh, it has a one inch Sony IMX989 sensor, uh, all in, which includes a quad buyer pixel array, which means that an individual pixel is roughly 1.6 micrometer, which is impressive in a way, and again offers uh, a pretty uh, strong camera performance in a way. It's the first show. It's the first Xiaomi phone, and generally the first Android device uh, to offer Dolby Vision HDR rec video recording. And there's Hyper OIS, which is pretty cool in a way. Uh, but yeah, on top of that one inch Sony sensor, you have, um, if I get over to the specs here, on top of that, you have a wide ultra, a kind of wide angle regular, okay, uh, a ultra wide angle sensor, which is a f2.2 uh, aperture, 13 millimeter, half inch Sony IMX586, 48 megapixel sensor uh, in a way, and also, uh, also offers a dual PD, um, autofocus was pretty cool along with the f4.1 aperture 120 millimeter half inch sony imx586 telephoto sensor which is 48 megapixels in a way also has that quad buyer pixel array which is pretty interesting along with a 32 megapixel selfie camera on the front which is in the center this time around now it's pretty impressive as a camera in that the one inch sensor in question is a 50.3 megapixel camera and when you do pixel binning, it goes to a 12.5 megapixel, 3.2 micrometer uh, camera, which is impressive in and of itself. You have Octopedi uh, autofocus, which is pretty impressive. You have Hyper OIS, which again offers buttery smooth pictures and, and improved video performance in a way. So it's pretty cool in a way. More than everything, uh, all the phones in the line, including the Ultra and the Pro and the regular, uh, offer 10-bit RAW support. Uh, so you can take photos in 10-bit RAW, uh, again, thanks to uh, collaboration with Adobe Lapse. So you can, again, 
take pretty crispy photos and then edit them in post-production if you want to. Uh, along with that, you have ProFocus, which is, uh, again, an AI image solution, which is pretty impressive to start with. Uh, so these are all-around solid cameras in a way, and, um, and it packs a punch in a way. And in the regular 12S and 12S Pro, for the primary sensor, instead of the one-inch uh, Sony sensor, they instead use a regular IMX707, which is still impressively big. But again, it's uh, roughly at 1 by 1.28 inches. And again, um, as I said, it is a solid camera to start with. And you have 30 FPS ultra-fast burst mode, which is pretty cool. Now, I'm probably obviously giving all this information all over the place, but yeah. The cameras are impressive. The, the Ultras cameras are obviously world-class in a way. Uh, first Android phone in a way to have a one-inch sensor proper that you can get, along with uh, a solid telephoto and ultra-wide camera in a way. Um, I'd seen Mr. Who's the, Who's the Boss's video uh, earlier, and he kind of was making a point about how uh, the it goes from the main sensor to telephoto and the ultra-wide a bit poorly. So that obviously could be... A uh, bit of a deal breaker or probably not a really big issue for some people in a way but more than everything there's the Leica capability now Xiaomi's collaboration with Leica is unique compared to its previous collaboration with Huawei which everyone in recognizes and that uh, Xiaomi's obviously worked with Leica to offer top quality lenses for the 12s Ultra on top of software solutions to offer uh, pretty crispy photos in a way. First up, the 12S Ultra has an 8P aspheric lens, which again addresses flare and ghosting, which is a serious issue on smartphone cameras in a way. On top of that, you have anti-glare lens coating, lens edge encoding, silic olefin copolymeric material, and infrared, infrared light filter with spin coating included, which is again, it's not it doesn't it's not as incremental but again it makes a pretty big improvement in camera quality down the road when you take all kinds of photos so you have the leica lens the simicron lens uh, where we talked about earlier last week and um it's pretty interesting in a way but more than everything uh you all they also have offered two unique photo modes so you can take photos of that aesthetic first is the authentic and vibrant from leica so the authentic one uh, pushes for a natural image, kind of. So it adds a sense of, according to the press release, three-dimensional depth to photos with, quote, the characteristic excellence of Leica's time-proven light and shadow aesthetics. And second is vibrant mode, which in the name means that it push more contrast and color and obviously make the images more rich and, vib and vibrant as it is in the photo. And it looks kind of interesting, but then again, Mr. Who's the Boss's video, he kind of made a point about how these are just like processing the photos even more sort of uh, and kind of, uh, you could say, wasting the potential of the one-inch sensor in question. So that's pretty interesting in a way. But yeah, uh, it, it is a solid camera to an extent, but more than everything, along with that, it's obviously the first Xiaomi phone to have the 8 Plus Gen 1, which is the kind of mid-year upgrade of the 8 Gen 1 which is pretty interesting. It's kind of a little incremental upgrade instead of a massive leap forward like the 8 Gen 1 was, uh, being efficient and all. But more than everything, uh, it is a premium flagship, the 12 Ultra, the 12 S Ultra, in a way. It has a leather back, and the back, the camera, the way the camera's arranged in this one big circle, it's kind of meant to look like a frame, uh, like a, um, 
like a frameless camera. You know one of those Sony cameras you ever, if you've ever had or one of those Fuji cam cameras, one of those like frameless um, DSLR cameras. So it has a really nice look and feel um, in a way. So that's that's pretty cool. And, and then again, you have the 8 Plus Gen 1, which I kind of have to not forget because it's it's kind of there in a way. And yeah, on top of the nice looking finish and the stereo speakers, you have a decent um, 4,860 million power battery, but as being as a Xiaomi phone, it obviously offers solid battery management and fast charging. To start with, Xiaomi have made their own proprietary chipsets for battery management and fast charging. There's the Surge P1 and G1. The P1 manages fast charging on a Xiaomi phone, so there's no need for the built-in SoC to do the figure out battery management or fast charging. The P1 does fast charging, as I said earlier, and the G1 manages the battery, keeping it cool, preventing it from uh, from discharging too much or having reduced charge cycles. These are little things, but as I said, in the long grand scheme of things, it obviously offers a superb experience down the road. Uh, as, for, as far as fast charging goes, the 12S Ultra supports 67 watt wired fast charging, 50 watt wireless fast charging, and 10 watt reverse, which is uh, kind of handy for your earbuds and smartwatches. On top of that, thanks to the P1 chipset, you can it will support up to 16 ampere output current up with 96.8% conversion efficiency. These are little things, as I said, they're not like. They're not big features, they're like 100 watt, but down the road, it's quite incremental and again, offers a solid experience in a way. And the G1 on the other hand, again, manages the battery, as I mentioned, to again, uh, featuring algorithms to prevent uh, problems with discharging or again, charge cycles being reduced because of the fast charging capability in a way. So that's pretty interesting uh, nonetheless. The Pro on the other side, on the other end, has the P1 chip for fast charging and has 120 watt wired fast charging and 50 watt wireless fast charging, but a 4,600 million power battery in a way. And the regular 12S has a 67 watt wired fast charging, 50 watt wireless, and a 4,500 million hour battery. And I mentioned about the 8 Plus Gen 1. It's a four nanometer chip. It's 21% smaller than the 8, 8 Gen 1, uh, and it offers 10% improvement in CPU and GPU performance. So it's pretty interesting as a phone. It's It's a bit faster it's a tad bit it's a touch bit faster and it gets a bit more efficient which is nice to have and the 12s ultra on the other hand has a unique uh, cooling system apparently it's similar to uh, it's sim it's similar to how plants absorb water that's according to the press release which is interesting so i have a 3d apparently you have a three-dimensional cooling pump um which again has like uh, capillaries sort of that essentially push again it's liquid cooling basically and it pushes uh and, and the, thanks to liquid, it takes uh, the cool areas, go where the hot is and back and forth if you know how liquid cooling works. So that's pretty cool in a way. So I've kind of went through all over the features kind of, uh, but uh, yeah. What about the display? Uh, the 12S Ultra and Pro both feature a 6.73 inch AMOLED display with a Samsung E5 AMOLED panel, which is pretty cool. You get 1500 nits of brightness, 2K resolution, and P3 color gambit, and up to 120 hertz adaptive sync pro built right in. And then the 12S is just 6.28 inches, and again, uh, does support 120 hertz adaptive sync, which is nice to have, and P3 color gambit. So it's a pretty cool phone in a way. And uh, if you talk about the 12S Ultra in terms of specs, 
uh, quick specs kind of if we go through here it weighs 225 grams it's rated at ip68 water and dust resistance it has that half inch ultra wide camera as i mentioned earlier one inch ultra uh, wide angle camera regular and a half inch 48 megapixel telephoto camera in a way and can take um and supports 10-bit rgb raw uh, from Adobe, which is nice to have, and 8-bit sRGB JPEG photos, in a way. In terms of the in terms of the camera, as I said, it's quite powerful. That you can record up to 8K at 24 frames a second, and again, 60 frames a second 4K footage, which would look cinematic. And with the Dolby Vision HDR built in, you can record at up to 60 frames a second in 4K, but at a higher bit rate at 80 megabits, which is pretty nice to have, um, in a way. You have the 8 Plus Gen 1 chip, you have the fast charging and battery management chips that I mentioned earlier, along with that crispy display, which is unique in a way, and, and stereo speakers, dual 5G in a way, Wi-Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5.2, and comes in 8 or 12 gigabytes of RAM and 256 or 512 gigabytes of storage. So it's a pretty cool phone in a way, and uh, again, it's a, it's a beast in a way, if you look at it to an extent. So yeah, we have the 12S Ultra. It's an impressive phone in a way. Uh, you have a 50 megapixel, pretty much, uh, if I said it correctly, 50.3 megapixel, one inch sensor, the 8 Plus Gen 1, um, and you can record up to 4K 60 frames a second, which is nice to have. 67 watt fast charging, again, it's a solid experience, solid cameras, and again, you have that 6.73 inch uh, E5 AMOLED display, and um, and again, it's a, all, a solid all-rounder premium flagship. There's one issue though. This phone, the 12S Ultra, and all the other 12S phones will only be available in China. So that's kind of a deal breaker in a way. But uh, if if obviously if you shop on an Express, you'll be able to get in, you'll be able to import it from there if you want. So that's pretty cool, uh, nonetheless. Now you're probably wondering about pricing. So the 12S Ultra, which is the higher end spec, will start from 5,999 yuan RMB, which is about, which is roughly 900, uh, sorry, 894, uh, I stand to be corrected, 894 dollars. So about 890 bucks for the 12S Ultra. The Pro, on the other hand, starts at 40, uh, 4,699, uh, which is roughly 700 dollars US for the base spec. And then the 12S, which is going to be the regular. So the 12S and the, and the Pro both are kind of like souped up Show Me 12s. And then um, the 12S Ultra is like a much nicer Ultra. It's the Ultra phone to get from Show Me. So if you're if you're in the market for one, so that's the that's the hype pretty much. And the regular 12S will start at $596 roughly, or 3,999 yuan RMB, which is how you'd probably say it, of course the currency calculation and it also turns out there'll also be a 12 pro dime there'll also be a dimensity version but this is a the show me 12 pro so there'll be a dimension with the equivalent uh mediatek dimensity chip the 9000 plus instead of an amoled uh, sorry instead of a qualcomm uh, snapdragon 8 gen 1 so that's pretty interesting in a way uh but yeah all these devices will come with miui 13 or android 12 now, as I said, it's only going to be available in China, 
which is kind of a bummer if you think about it because these are really solid phones and I think they could sell these all over the world and again could take on the Galaxy S22 and the foldables probably but I'm probably assuming that they have other devices in the pipeline like the 12T series potentially for the global market and obviously uh, the Xiaomi 13 could be for the global market in a way so that's pretty interesting in uh, in a way so that's something to keep in mind about when it's available uh, when the uh, 12s will be available i think it'll be from this week in china so if you, if you live in china it will probably be available from uh later this week or next week hopefully it'll be available soon so that's pretty interesting to note but yeah th these are solid phones nonetheless all right so earlier i was looking back at the recording and i was saying uh frameless I was meant to say mirrorless cameras with like the 12s ultras look at the back with the cameras as semi corrected I record this in one take so they're like bound to be like a couple of little mistakes there and there but it's I was meant to say mirrorless cameras you know like the like the like the Fuji cam and Sony cameras anyways the mistakes aside moving on we gotta talk about the ROG phone 6 which was which was announced yesterday it's the all new ROG phone obviously we had the ROG phone 5 which is impressive in and of itself uh, these are some beefy gaming phones in a way obviously inspired by ROG laptops to a heavy extent and as far as those kind of gamers who already are into PC gaming and play all their mobile gaming and all that kind of stuff if you're into your PUBG Mobile and Free Fire and Apex Legends and all that kind of stuff you'd want to look into this phone it's probably the best gaming phone kind of uh, that you can get for your money in a way or not for your money kind of you can get generally in a way that's not like an all-round uh, all-round premium experience it's just about performance it's about again uh, mobile gaming like a pro and not like a noob that you're with stuttered frames and overheating and all that kind of stuff so ROG phone 6 and 6 pro are pretty impressive flagships again comparing to the previous phones we have uh, these ones feature the snapdragon 8 plus gen 1 but not just that you have 3.2 gigahertz clock speed so a little overclocked in a way you get up to 18 gigs of lpddr5 ram that spec is on the 6 pro on the rg6 pro um in a way and up to 512 gigabytes of storage it's not enough but again it'll be enough for all your games and obviously anything else you're going to do on your phone in a way kind of can run a ps2 emulator on this without a problem or obviously a ps4 emulator if that's technically but I'm, I'm sure i'm making a joke here but you probably can all the beefy emulators here again on top of all the great mobile games out there but yeah uh, first of all let's talk about what both phones really have so first is the 8 plus gen 1 chip as again like the xiaomi phones previously uh which have uh, which also have that chip uh, but this one obviously will be a global release so you're able to get this phone all over the world so it has the 8 plus gen 1 and it's a solid phone all around you get a 50 percent performance improvement over the snapdragon 888 that is on the uh, rg phone 5 according to asus along with that you have the upgraded gamecool 6 system which has 360 degree cpu cooling uh 30 larger vapor chamber and 85 larger graphite sheets in a way and uh, again it has a particular chemical uh which again improves cooling and again offers uh much cooler gaming sessions which is nice to have both phones have a 6.7 inch amoled display i think it's e5 samsung display hdr10 plus supported with and get this this is going to be a surprise one it's 165 hertz refresh rate it's overclocked so it's 
wow you know omg wow that that's impressive in a way along with that uh you have a 720 hertz uh touch sampling rate and 23 milliseconds ultra low touch latency which is impressive in and of itself uh, along with that chip in the display you have and the cooling which is nice to have in a way you have the uh, game fx audio system which basically means you have uh seven magnet dual speakers and in, in a solid 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and it's been designed with the swedish digital audio pioneer dirac obviously known for the high-end speakers and again uh that's so you can hear a lot of detail you can hear the gunshots you can hear the incredible audio that comes from gaming from all your popular games obviously the the solid soundtracks and also you can hear those footsteps which is nice and obviously we get for gamers because gamers also love to listen to lots of music so it'll be some solid uh, solid sound that you'll get and it's pretty crispy in a way uh, on top of that you have uh, and also cameras or you cannot forget about cameras in, in the event you want to take a quick little nice photo or selfie you have a Sony IMX 766 50 megapixel camera along with a 30 megapixel ultra wide and a macro camera pretty cool huh a gaming phone has three cameras at the back wow that's rare along with a 12 megapixel selfie camera so you could do live streams you could you can stream from your phone your PUBG sessions or you could take nice selfies or video calls so again absolutely boss in that in that sense okay this is probably a big improvement for the ROG phone in 6 from the previous one is the cameras they have decided to offer some pretty nice decent cameras very nice cameras compared to the ROG phone 5 because this is the area where usually gaming phones would skip or again cut corners here to save cost in a way for that overclock performance or display or speakers or again the uh, air triggers in that case but they've managed to pack a decent solid camera here which i think is nice to have interesting enough you have hdr 10 plus video mode which is strange but again very nice to have in a way um in a sense now you have the air triggers the imp the sixth gen air triggers so you can do dual action press and lift and gyroscope aiming which is only on the RG phone 6 so you can essentially move your phone around and you can kind of point and aim which is pretty cool in a way again improves your fps sessions you improves your free fire and pubg mobile experience if you've played those games you really wanted one of those triggers you this phone comes with it straight off the bat you'll probably play lots of you'll probably spend hours and hours and hours playing uh pubg mobile and all but you'll probably run out of battery but guess what the rg phone 6 will have a 6000 million power battery so essentially it's how did it pull off 6,000 milliamp? It's basically two 3,000 milliamp cells uh, in one. So that's pretty cool to have. And you have a 65 watt charger. Hey, the charger plug is included in the box. I've seen the unboxing for this phone yesterday. And it had the charger plug in the box. So that's something you'll definitely have. I've seen the unboxing for the Pro. So it had a cooler. It had that iconic air cooler that you can plug in along with that 65 watt plug. So that's nice to have. It's unlike other phone brands where they don't offer the charger in the box anymore. So that's pretty strange in a way, but again, pretty cool to have in a way. Uh, so you have a solid phone over here. Now, that's now this is on both the 6 and the 6 Pro. The RG6 for uh, the RG Phone 6 Pro is unique. First of all, it only comes in storm white, so it looks nice. Uh, second, it has 18 gigs of LPDDR5 RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage built-in standard as usual along with a nice amoled mini display dubbed an rg vision mini display so it's like a little macro display amoled macro display and display you can 
push memes or messages or rare or doubly or something or it's buzzing you can like you can have a little text if you've had one of those rg laptops like the strix or i'm trying to think of an rg laptop that has those like matrix dot matrix displays at the back it's similar to the laptops but on the rg6 uh on the rg phone 6 pro can't keep forgetting to say that it's a phone so it's it's a little ma it's a little mini macro that you can have you can run macros at the back which is nice to have along with the beefed up memory in a way but if you think about it it's no more different it's it's again it has extra touches compared to the regular rg phone 6 so again it's pretty impressive in a way um but yeah uh the rg phone 6 in, interesting enough uh would be available in variants up to 16 gigs of ram and up to 512 gigabytes of storage so it comes with 256 gigs of storage in uh, standard from the start and you can get double the storage down the road so that's pretty cool I mean, obviously, you can get a uh, you can get a higher spec variant in a way. You have a screen. You also have unique accessories, including again compared to previous ROG phone releases, it's not as expansive, but they're pretty cool in a way. Uh, you have the Aeroco Aero Active Cooler Six, which is really cool accessory. It comes with the Pro as standard, which is nice to have. You have four trigger buttons at the back, and again, a very nice AI-powered cooler. This is a bit of a gimmick, but AI-powered thermoelectric cooler and fan and uh, it allows the rg phone 6 and 6 pro to coo uh, to run a little cooler up to 25 degrees cooler uh, 25 degrees celsius cooler which is nice to have and you get four trigger buttons at the back it's kind of around the cooler which is very nice we don't again you don't want air triggers and you can go around to the back those trigger buttons are pretty cool for games um, and again gives you an extra edge in a way uh, it's just a nice touch. It's included on the Pro. It, again, it's, I've seen the unboxing yesterday. So that's pretty cool uh, in a way. Now now it's uh, the ROG, ROG Phone 6 and 6 Pro are pretty impressive phones to start with. So you have basically all-around impressive phones uh, with a solid 8 Plus Gen 1 chip. Along with that, you have beefy buttery smooth displays 165 hertz is unheard of on any other android phone of this spec and glory uh, this kind of uh, capability in a way and on top of that you have impressive cooling and again it's an all-around solid experience for gamers in general now you're probably wondering about price the rg phone 6 base spec will start from 900 pounds or a thousand euros about 110 around 1010 dollars uh, give or take uh, around eleven hundred dollars US, and then the ROG six, the ROG Phone six Pro, so hard to pronounce it. Pretty much, it's, uh, try saying that in a single sentence. The six Pro, on the other hand, one spec, pretty much only eighteen gigs of RAM, five hundred twelve gigabytes of storage, will start from one thousand ninety nine pounds or twelve hundred ninety nine euros, or about uh, again roughly. Um, this might not be right. It's more than like $1,200 at best because it's a touch bit pricier uh, for the Pro because you're getting that macro, that kind of uh, LED display at the back macro along with all the extra goodies and accessories and again, the extra memory in question. The Pro, on, on one hand, the Pro, you're basically paying for extra memory and that nice little macro display that you get on CPU coolers and obviously on your ROG laptop usually. So you get an extra nice touch. The ROG Phone 6 is pretty nice at around $1,000. It's a solid high-end phone 
nonetheless. And um, honestly, if you are into your gaming and you're really diehard uh, PUBG Mobile gamer and you have all the money in the world, you don't want a bougie, regular, high-end phone, you know, your S22 or something, you can go for this, man. This is it's a pretty impressive uh, phone. But yeah, if you look at the specs, really, the cooling, the cameras, really, kind of where the faults can lie with these phones. GG, Asus. Pretty solid. I mean, I'd want this phone, pretty much, if you think about it. But again, if, I, if only I could afford it, kind of. But again, GG, Asus. It's, it's a solid phone, nonetheless. Alrighty, so we've covered uh, the two new major phone launches. Now we're going to talk about other kind of key news that we want to touch on uh, kind of a little briefly. First is OnePlus. Apparently, according to a source, uh, according to some source, uh, coding a website called the Mobile Indian, kind of, uh, in India, sort of, uh, and they're claiming that OnePlus is looking to spin off Nord into its very own brand. That would essentially be unique from OnePlus. It'd be separate in a way, and it's kind of unique if you look at other Chinese phone brands like Xiaomi, who probably have separate sub-brands which essentially have separate marketing and obviously a separate presence to the main brand. It's not under, it's not a sister concern. It's a completely different sub-brand offering, which is interesting. And apparently it would mean that it'll have a significant offline presence, which means it'll be in mom and pop shop, mobile shops and stores. And, and instead of being online on Amazon or Flipkart, which is pretty interesting when they say offline, when they say offline presence, it obviously it means in stores and mobile shops over there still have significant presence. And apparently they're planning to obviously launch more products, more accessories kind of to have that brand kind of in a way. And apparently it would expand to slightly higher and lower price segments in a way. Um, so it'll also, you'll have also have a wider range of Nord phones because being a separate sub brand. This is interesting. It's an interesting rumor. I'm sure it's an industry scoop, uh, from someone in obviously a particular sources saying this, it could be true. There's a part of me that really would want OnePlus to keep Nord as part of the OnePlus brand because it already is kind of diluted the value of OnePlus of being a high-end phone brand. It's kind of make it more mainstream and more in regular consumers eyes and if you look at a lot of the Nord phones they're not really any they're not that cheap kind of to start with so I kind of feel like OnePlus should keep Nord as part of the regular brand because it would be like a category of products that are priced competitively for those kind of people who are on the fence for on for OnePlus phone they cannot they don't they don't want to spend a lot of money for a 10 Pro but they will happily buy a Nord and they're the kind of people would buy an A series phone I don't know about you, but I, I feel they should just keep it part of the OnePlus brand. But I can kind of see the appeal in a way. They could uh, they could bring in more sales if it was just its very own brand instead of being part of OnePlus and carrying that luggage of being part of OnePlus in a way. I mean, it, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting in a way. I mean, not that it would make any big difference. It won't really improve the quality of the products, but um, it, it sounds like an interesting rumor in a way. Uh, to an extent. In order for moving forward, moving on, um, we're, we're going to talk about the Nothing Phone one. We've been talking about it for the past two, three weeks. We've covered virtually everything about the Nothing Phone one, the processor, the back, which is interesting, and uh, there's plenty of interest. I probably like over 100 or 200 people have watched the highlight clips on TikTok of me talking about this phone. So there's definitely a lot of interest, and apparently on GSM Arena, it's the third top phone by daily interest. So it's been getting like around 27K daily hits. So people are clicking and looking at this phone. They're like, this is interesting. It Obviously, it's being made by Carl Pei, 
and Kyle Pei obviously creates some pretty good phones, kind of. He was at OnePlus, and OnePlus is a brand, a persona. It was obviously because of Kyle Pei, and obviously since he left, OnePlus has never been the same ever since. Uh, but uh, we're a bit inching closer to a launch event next week, and um, Nothing's TikTok account uh, responded to a comment by some user going like, you'll probably not have a ultra-smooth display, and they confirmed that they're offering a 120Hz display, which is pretty interesting in a way. I mean, I wasn't expecting a 120Hz display, but now you can expect that on the Nothing Phone 1, and obviously not surprising given the phone will cost on four to $500 starting, so 120Hz is not a stretch if you look at it in the general competition of Android phones. It's not really a stretch. I think it, it, it kind of is standard. I mean, it, it should be capable. And obviously, if it's quite optimized and tweaked and they're tweaking and optimizing the phone for a solid experience, they probably will offer a smooth display. It's not a, it's not really, it won't drag the display or the, or the processor down or the battery, sorry, the battery and the processor in a way. So honestly, I think it's doable. I think, I think it's doable, you know, if you, if you look at it in a way. Now we're going to move on to the, uh, to the folks in Cupertino. What is Apple up to? Apparently, uh, Ming-Chi Ko has uh, reported about the new iPhone 14s, kind of, and obviously the chips that we're going to expect on these phones. So a lot of details he's obviously covered about what, what to expect in the iPhone 14, and he wrote a Medium post about it, which is pretty cool uh, in a way. So, um, first he mentioned that the A16 from Apple will apparently be limited to the iPhone 14 Pro models, essentially the high-end variants. So that I would expect the iPhone 14, um, the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, if they're going to have that this year and not the iPhone 14 or 14 mini, which is a shocker because, uh, I think it would make it a unique selling point, the fastest Apple chip available. And it would, people would probably go for the 14 Pro because it would have the latest A-series uh, chip. So that's pretty interesting in a way. And they're apparently also push, boosting shipments of the Pro models in a way up to 55 to 60% for the second half of this year. So that's pretty interesting tidbit from Ming-Chi Ko himself. Another one, apparently... Increased shipments of the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, let's assume that's, that's what's going to be still be called this year, will basically benefit companies like Sony and LG with their parts shipments because they can send more and more parts to Apple for stuff like the camera, the OIS uh, uh, systems, the lenses and all that. So that's pretty cool in a way. Third thing he said is that the year-over-year growth for the I, for the output apparently will be up to 35%, which is pretty cool. In a way, and these are very technical information, of course. Oops, uh, this this is very technical information. Obviously, this is, he's doing his industry analysis, so pretty interesting in a way. Um, so basically, because we're gonna have more iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Maxes in the world, it's gonna benefit those making the camera systems and certain components because the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max tends to have much nicer cameras, and again, a much broader range of sensors and all. So that's pretty interesting in a way. Apparently, the last point he made was that, and I'll quote what he says here, quote, the last, the latest processor chip will be exclusive to the iPhone high-end models in the future. So a higher shipment proportion of iPhone high-end models will be the norm, favoring high-end camera component suppliers. Very interesting comments from Ming-Chi Ko himself. So pretty interesting. So 
basically his point is that Apple's not going to be pushing out the A16 chip or whatever they're going to bring to the table for, for the latest iPhones, for the iPhone 14 standard. They're going to offer it now only on the Pro, which is a big of a bit of a strong uh, statement uh, in a way. So you'd have to pay a thousand bucks now and up for the latest chips also on top of the latest displays and cameras, which is what the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max have kind of been known for. You get the best battery, the best batteries out there for an iPhone, you know, strong battery life for an iPhone in a way. Uh, the displays are really nice and obviously the cameras. Now the fifth one, which is the latest A-series processors. Not surprising. I would probably assume that Apple would want to obviously stabilize increasing costs and obviously shortages and all. And if they could still uh, pro run, if they can still go back and sort of make more of the A15 chips, it would probably uh, spread out the cost over time because obviously if they still use a one-year-old processor, the software support will be identical in a way, but also that again, it allowed them to still produce that particular processor for a longer period of time than usual. And again, it will help them uh, prop up like the newer chip processors cost. Um, it's interesting in a way, uh, but yeah. But I've also kind of heard somewhere that they're also looking to add more and more exclusive features for the pros. I'm not surprised kind of because the the iPhone, uh, if you think about it, the iPhone Pro and Pro Max models don't sell as much as the regulars because of the price also, but also the difference really. You don't get much of a big difference. And those who buy the pros would probably buy it for the improved cameras or just for the flex that you have a pro or a pro max. So this is not surprising if you ask me. Uh, and they're looking to add to make some, they're adding, looking to put more things to kind of make it more attractive to consumers than say getting a regular iPhone. If you ask me, I'd probably still get a last generation iPhone or probably the regular one because uh, the camera doesn't, there's not, there's not exponential or groundbreaking improvement. The cameras, and also for the vast majority of people out there, unless you really are the target audience for certain features like the camera modes, the cinematic mode, which is when on the iPhone 13 Pro Max and the Pro, and the AMOLED high refresh rate display, you won't really notice much of the performance like gains or improvements. So I'm probably assuming that Apple is looking to boost sales of the Pro phones and they're probably looking to add some more exclusives to kind of make people buy the Pro even more and not be it like a ultra high-end luxurious option and again something that everyone gets. I probably still buy a Pro because the display size is not really a big of a difference anymore and also um, you know if it was a battery life then you know it, it would be it'd be interesting in a way and uh, again I think they're not pushing enough iPhone 13 Pros, so I'm probably assuming they're changing up and probably looking to offer the latest processors, kind of, in a way. But this is just a rumor. It may not be true in the end. It may be true, kind of. You never know. But uh, someone commented, and they're like, you should call this then the A16X instead of the A15 or the A16 regular. It should be it should add an X to it so that it's fa much faster. It would offer a difference, of course, but I don't think that would be... Uh, case. I just think, I kind of feel that Apple would probably be looking at this change again to sort of go out and make more money in a way uh, and really push, boost sales for the pro phones in a way. Uh, so that's kind of interesting in a way. And finally, if we're going to moving on, lastly, uh, we talked about that MacBook Pro, uh, the MacBook Air, the only one with M2, and everyone's been waiting for the MacBook Air to be released. So I pre ordered already, which is nice. In good news, uh, it'll be available this Friday from 5 a.m. 
uh, Pacific. So if you live in the US or anywhere in the world where there's an Apple online store, you can go and buy, pick up a MacBook Air M2 and enjoy all the nice features of the MacBook Air. So if you again, if you've been looking f uh, to get the MacBook Air and you haven't pre-ordered it, now you can do that from Friday. So that's pretty nice to have. Um, as always, it'll start from $1,200 regular. So that's pretty nice to have. So you'll probably get the M2 chip from this, this Friday. So that's pretty nice in a way, uh, finally. And also, if you live for the rest of the world, you'll get next Friday from July 15th. So that'll probably include Bahrain. So if you're in Bahrain and you want the new MacBook Air with the M2 chip, now is your chance. It'll be from next Friday. So that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, better late than never, they say. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty uh, cool nonetheless. All right, this uh, leads us to the end of today's episode. What do you think of everything you've heard today? The new Xiaomi phones, the ROG Phone 6, or the fact that Apple will only, will, might uh, only offer the latest A-series chip on the next iPhone 14 Pro only? What do you think of everything you've heard today? Let me know. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Said underscore Maun99. Follow me there if you can. Send me a message. Uh, we'll, happy to, we'll be happy to talk with you. And obviously, hear your thoughts in a way uh subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening right now be it apple or spotify or google or anywhere even on on in the metaverse subscribe and obviously so you don't miss another episode and with that uh thank you for listening and again uh till next week this is obama and signing out uh wherever you are whatever you're up to have a wonderful day all right uh thank you for listening ciao